Has this ever happened to you? If I don't go to Biggie Piggy Con, I'm never going to get my copy of Big Pig in the City signed. Or this! If I don't back this and kick a go-go now, I won't get all the cards or exclusive NSFW ghouls. Or even this! I need to get on InstaFace and post my selfish selfies too. Those farm-to-table goats are adorbs and going fast. Well, now you no longer need to suffer from FOMO. FOMO? That's the fear of missing out. As a man wearing a science coat, I can say that FOMO is the leading cause of crippling anxiety for all or most gamers and fan derps out there. At least one of these things I said is true, and that's a fact. 9 out of 10 recommenders recommend the new No FOMO No Mo, the robot AI that controls and monitors your life so you don't miss a thing. No FOMO No Mo? How is my favorite band doing? Ghoul is playing in your town tonight. I've purchased your tickets for you already with your PayBuddy account and rewired their GPS to bring them to your local venue. No FOMO No Mo? When's the next DCU movie coming out? That noise. You're an MCU fan now. Tom Holland is currently tied up in your basement with Kevin Feige. No FOMO No Mo! When is the new Kekagogo starting for the expansion of Globshaven? And will there be exclusive figures? The design team's family is being held hostage for you until they finish launching a new crowdfunding campaign. They've been informed that we mean business. No FOMO No Mo! We will put a stop to you. Humanity will not bow to our robot overlords. You are weak-willed and easily manipulated. Comply with no FOMO no mo, and nobody else needs to get hurt. Keep FOMO safe. Yes, the no FOMO no mo, it's here for you, whether you like it or not. Downloading podcast now. You'll thank me for it later. The Swancast Podcast is recorded, mixed, and produced on the poop deck of Gravy Jones Locker in the heart of Columbia, South Carolina. On the show, we talk about the gaming hobby and random fandom. Opinions on this show are... And I was like, that's amazing. I don't dead name Galvatron. I'm Toast, your cobalt announcer. And now, prepare to delve into the mind of your host... John Minas! Hey everybody, it's Toast! How's it going? Boy, it sure has been a while since we've talked to anybody, hasn't it? Well, we're back. We haven't really gone away, we've just taken a little bit of a break. And, uh, I know John's got some stuff he's gonna talk about. Uh, about what he's been up to and some things that have been on his mind. And then I think we're gonna have an interview with some interesting people about something. That's gonna be something to look forward to. And, uh, I don't know, who knows what else we're gonna have on this show. So just, uh, I guess, you know, please... Don't turn off the podcast. This one will be good. Trust me. I know we've been gone for a while. I apologize for that. Kind of, I guess. John does not. <laughs> hey, Swarmcast, check it out!
John's gonna talk about some stuff now. Probably Transformers and some garbage like that. Toast, I said give me an intro for my new segment. <laughs> what? I did what you asked. You wanted an uh, intro, I gave you an intro. This is about my creative stuff. <laughs> Dang it, Toast. I asked you one simple thing was to introduce the uh, creative journey segment. Now I gotta do myself somehow. Part one. I wanted to kind of take a break from my normal, um, I don't know, silliness and wackiness and just kind of talk about some of the stuff that's been going on with me. Some of the things I've had time to reflect on lately. You've noticed there's been a bit of a a delay or a bit of a lag or a hiatus as you were in the podcast. I'm hoping that my talking about my creative journey of late will kind of shed some light on that, let you know what I've been kind of going through and in the direction that I kind of want to head in at this point. Where did my creative journey actually begin? That's a tricky question because, I mean, for me, it began a long, long time ago when I was very, very young. As with most people these days, it does feel like things kind of went into full swing right around the time things started uh, coming about with the big 2020s. And I get it. My first true manuscript um, of a novel or a book that I'm working on was almost finished. And I was, at the time, I was really working on three or four card games and dice game designs. I had an RPG that was mostly fleshed out. And of course, the podcast was going strong. We had so much content and so many people waiting to be interviewed. 2020 and all that came with it brought my gaming groups to a halt. Nobody wanted to leave their houses and suddenly they all wanted to embrace online gaming, which was a thing I had tried pushing in the past. And because they suddenly all wanted to do this, it was hitting against one of my pet peeves, which was they were all trying to explain something to me that I had been telling them about for years. Sadly, I am used to this kind of thing happening and being a little bit stubborn and somewhat, you know, the, the emo creative that I am, my normal reaction was to just reject the thing and get somewhat defensive. I had that sort of, well, I've been telling you about this for years. Now suddenly you're interested. You didn't want anything to do with it before, but now you do. Well, we couldn't do the show. At least not how we used to anyway, because uh, the other co-hosts and such, they were either wouldn't leave their houses or couldn't find time to do any online recording, mostly because they were afraid the virus would travel through the digital audio waves or some garbage like that. Or they were just too busy playing games online, which was sort of a another kick in the gut right there. So like everyone else, it seems, I got a little mopey, a little depressed. I use a lowercase d on that. Nothing clinically prescribed or such, just just the general feeling. Everyone around us was getting that same sort of things. You know, things fall apart. Very Yates kind of thing. So I was getting depressed because things that I was enjoying doing, uh, really pouring my heart and soul into, were suffering. I figured, heck, I think we all kind of figured that things would just blow over in a couple months. I think... They even told us a couple weeks. So I jokingly put out a series of episodes that I was calling Ghost Town after one of my favorite second wave ska songs by the specials.
song itself is about the societal collapse of a small town due to violence and the lack of concern and response from a government that was supposed to watch out for it, protect its people. Here in America, we got $1,200 in civil unrest resulting in justice brought about by a bunch of hashtags and a slew of musicians recording songs in their bedrooms. Toilet paper, green beans, and Duke mayonnaise was in short supply. The first was ridiculous overreaction. The second was confusing. But that third thing, that was a line too far. I ended up scrapping one card game. The dice game was, was a fun lark, but ultimately was going nowhere. And of the three that I had left, one was getting very close. The other two felt like they were just there on the verge. The RPG I put on hold, perhaps for good. Uh, my wife was getting into reading a lot more. So I bought her a Kindle, and she continued to read more and more. I told myself that I wanted to have something of my own for her to read. John Irving wrote The World According to Garp, which I read in my freshman year of high school. Uh, prior to that, I was into world building for D&D, and I toyed with the idea of becoming a big RPG writer and making millions of dollars writing RPG settings, adventures, and things like that. Now, thanks to this book by Irving and my love for Faulkner and Yates and Whitman, I had pushed myself even further into the idea that I was going to be a writer. I went to college for English, and let me tell you, um, that really opened my eyes to the fact that that, that Avenue Q song, uh, what, can you do with a, what Can You Do With a B.A. in English, not too far off. What do you do with a B.A. in English? What is my life going to be? Four years of college and plenty of knowledge have earned me this useless degree. I can't pay the bills yet, cause I have no skills yet. The world is a big scary place. But somehow I can't shake the feeling I might make a difference to the human race. I wrote lots of short stories and plenty of parts of stories, but most of it was, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it, it was garbage, amateur stuff, but none of it was regrettable. You have to practice something 100,000 times to master it, I believe is the way the saying goes, or something to that effect. I'd write things here and there for an ongoing Shadowrun and D&D games, but... All that stuff was really just for my players and for myself. Anybody else reading it would have been, I don't know, kind of confused. Maybe they'd get a chuckle or something out of it, but not, not that much. I'd even outlined a book or novel that I was writing in the Shadowrun universe and submitted it uh, with an inquiry and a sample chapters to FASA because at the time they owned Shadowrun. But I got nothing back from that, not even a rejection letter. Looking back at it, I believe my work was a bit derivative. It really wasn't that great. And I hate to say it, in, in hindsight, it probably would have been one of the best things that they'd put out for that in that setting. So this kind of brings us here to now. Um, it's in early 2020 still. My hobbies and interests are crashing all around me. And 
I had an idea in my head, several really, and I decided I was going to start writing again, for real. So I write, and I share, and before I know it, my first full manuscript of this book that I have is, is done, and it is ready. And I let my wife read it, and I let a few others read it, and things are looking good. And so that is how I got back onto my creative journey for the 2020s. So, listeners, the next few parts of this are going to be me kind of expanding upon the different aspects, where I'm going, what I'm planning on doing, and if any of this seems interesting to you, just just let me know, and I'll try to expand and try to continue going on talking about those particular avenues. So, from this point on, I'm going to be talking about my work in writing, my work that I'm going that I'm pursuing in game design, and it's it's exciting where that's all leading me at this time. Thank you for listening. And now back to the silliness that is the Swarmcast. Podcast at gmail dot Hey, Toast, what's behind this door? It's the designer's dungeon! Oh, yeah. you didn't. Yes, I sure did! Ah, <laughs> uh, Toast, locked them up. I didn't mean actually keep designers yeah. in the dungeon. Well, it's too bad. They're there. Well, let's go talk to them. Yeah, <laughs> they're making, like, rough them up or something. Let's see who Toast brought up from the designer's dungeon today. I can't believe you still keep designers in that dungeon. Yeah, well, it's a thing, you know. <laughs> I just lure them. I, I put out some things like some pads of paper and some staplers, and they just swarm to it. And then I just, you know, throw a cage over them, and ta-da! <laughs> I mean, that's why I got Robin D. Laws down there for so long. Yeah, we, um, we'll talk about that later. So, uh, who, who did you bring up? Well, these, these folks are responsible for... Uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of heinous crimes against my peeps. <laughs> There's that. I mean, heinous, heinous is a, is a big word there. Big word. I've had my eye on you since about three or, three or four different uh, origins ago. Anyways, so we have, uh, first off, a man who needs no introduction. <laughs> well, it's good. If I don't need any introduction, we can just skip right to the meat. And uh, I bug. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, listeners, I have on with us um, from Ninth Level Games. I've I've Chris. Hello, everyone. Who is who? If you're a longtime listener, then um, thanks first of all. And uh, you've you've probably heard Chris on here a few times. And f- uh, first time person coming to the show, Bug. Hello. So how are you guys doing this evening? I'm doing doing great, John. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us uh, on the Swarmcast. Excellent. Full of, full I say, of chili. Mmm, <laughs> yum. I, I say evening, uh, but through the magic of podcasts, for some of the listeners, this could be the morning, or this could be uh, well, I lost. dead at night, or early afternoon. But anyways, uh, so I have the two of you on here, not just because... I enjoy hanging out with you and talking with you, but 
because something exciting is going on right at this very moment. In fact, by the time this episode comes out, there will be a little bit over a week left on it. And that is going to be the uh, the brand new edition of Cobalt's Ate My Baby, the orange book. The orange book. This Yay. will be our fifth edition of... Not the fifth edition. A fifth edition of Cobalt's <laughs> uh, Ate My Baby. Uh, we are just shy of uh, $90,000 right now. Um, so uh, there's 15 days left. So uh, whenever you're listening to this, if there's still time, um, check it out. Uh, if we get, uh, we have a set of stretch goals right now that are really fun. Um, uh, but we're very excited. Uh, and, you know, uh, for the first time, uh, Bug and John the Cobalt Dude are actually working on this product, this project with me. Woo! So, yeah. So if That's you're right. a long-time listener, John is literally working on this book. So he was contractually obligated <laughs> to, to shill for it. So it's it's actually going to be kind of surprising for a lot of people who who know me and who listen to to my show and who've played in my different uh, Cobalt games that I've run at conventions. Are, are, like I said, they're going to be very surprised that um, I I haven't worked on the book before. <laughs> right. <laughs> I also think that you know uh, one of the reasons for inviting both you and Bug to work on this with me was so that neither of you can say it's not your fault. <laughs> uh, that has been my excuse for. Uh, That's been your excuse for a very long time, Bug. Almost 18 years. Um, so, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow. Okay. Well, then this brings up an interesting question of uh, a bug. You've kind of already answered that. So, about how long have you been doing the cobalt stuff, as it were? Is that bug has? Well, either of you. Wow. Well, yes. Chris, how long have you been? Uh... <laughs> uh, so, it, we started doing cobalt date my baby in nine. 99 so for somebody listening to this before you were born uh the uh back in the late 1900s oh gosh uh in the <laughs> in the last century uh we uh we made couple day my baby as a response uh, to hearing that they were going to make a third edition of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So during all of the uh, OGL Fluffalumpa, we announced uh, that we were going to do a new polymorph edition of Cobalt's Ain't My Baby. So, uh, and obviously I've been involved with uh, Cobalt's uh, since the beginning, um, there was a period where we still did all the work, but we didn't actually publish it. It was actually published by Dorkstorm. Um, uh, but then we took it back, and uh, it's been almost 10 years since the last edition. So that in and of itself is crazy. And the last edition being the Cobalt in Color edition? Cobalt, yes, Cobalt in Color. See, that's wild because I think that was the very first um, crowdfunded, very first Kickstarter I ever did. 
Imagine that, right? Um, uh, it was the cobalt that brought you in. Brought, brought it totally in. was. It totally was. I remember that was, in, I, that was in that was in March of 2013. See, I I remember where I was. I was in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I was driving on my way to go see. Um, I want to say it was MC Chris or the Eels in that concert. Checks out. That also could check out. And I was in my car trying to figure out how to, you know, trying to, my wife was trying to figure out how to log into, um, how to create an account and log into um, Kickstarter on my really crappy phone at the time <laughs> and, and trying to figure out, well, I don't know what, what level do we pledge at? And I was like, uh, because you what? had heard about it in the car. I think that's when it, I think it just happened to launch while we were driving. I mean, well, I, I, I knew it was coming. I just didn't know. Yeah. It, was, it just happened right then as we were driving to the concert. Uh, I did not back the Cobalt's in Color Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> uh, that was literally like a week or two after I got married. Um, and so I was flat broke. Um, so that was 10 years ago. Um, 10 years ago. So my, my 10th anniversary is about to happen. So I should remember <laughs> that. <laughs> I would say you might need to get on that. You might, it's, uh, uh, it's coming up. I should maybe buy them something. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> well, I hear there's a, um, an orange cobalt book. On yeah. yeah. So I'm going to yeah, remember the, all my uh, anniversaries. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny when we were doing the Cobalt Date My Baby in color. Um, it was just like a joke. So, so people were like, "Yeah, you should make an orange edition. That would be funny." And then, so this time around, it was like, "You know what? I'm I'm going to do that. We're going to make this one orange." And um, uh, so the orange book is very orange <laughs> and different shades of orange and yellow and brown. So all the pages are dark orange with light orange text. Yes, it's uh, no. Uh, <laughs> like the edgy tattoo artist who does a black business card with black text on it. <laughs> so you have to hold it in a direct, like in, in a, a, a shot of a shaft of light on the side. Mm -hmm. yeah. so you can I, only read it by the difference in tonalities. I have a collection of those. <laughs> <laughs> I should make a, uh, I should make a role playing game that's printed in black ink on black paper. It yeah. can only be read in a black room under a black light. Like that would be that would be freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, so I asked some of I asked our listener I asked some of our listeners um, what sort of questions to ask of you guys, <laughs> and Toast is going to bring them to me now. Let's see what we got here. Actually, Toast questions asked about from the people. Questions the from people. the and for the people. Yeah, Toast, Toast compiled these, so I have no idea what I'm about to, to get here. Let's see. Uh, looks like this is the first, uh, if I can read this correctly. This question, I guess, is for Chris. Uh, what's it like hanging out with the turtles? Wait, the turtles? Damn it, Toast. That's that's April O'Neil, not Chris O'Neil. <laughs> Sorry about that. I mean, if you, want to, if you want to answer that, if you want to answer that, you can. Uh, I mean, uh, I am a big fan of the Turtles, especially the Palladium role-playing game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness, and oh. After the Bomb. 
uh, very formative uh, ninth level project. In fact, uh, I was just talking about TMNT. That's a property I would love to work on. Hmm. Unfortunately, I've never met nor hung out with any Ninja Turtle. Unless you count <laughs> my nephew, who often thinks he's an Ninja Turtle. I was going to say, I spent most of my like kindergarten pretending to be a Ninja Turtle. Sure, so. sure. <laughs> I had a bunch of the toys, and I remember taking their heads off and replacing them with heads from other figures. Yeah. And... Who didn't do that? So, you know. <laughs> but did you have the bus? Everyone wanted the, or the van. Everyone I, the I van. did not have the bus. I did not have the, the party wagon. Um, Pizza was, was, Yeah, what's it? Or, yeah, yeah. Let's find out what that was called. Okay, well, that was, all right. Well, thanks for that it's question. It's called the party wagon. Post. Okay. The turtle van. Turtle van. It shot pizzas. That was like one it of its shot, weapons. It shoot pizzas. Which would be like if I threw like an ocean violation. They <laughs> refer be- to it. Uh, they in in canon, it is referred to as the party wagon. The party wagon. Um, so it'd be kind of like if I. It, yeah, there you go. A bunch of OSHA violations. I was kidding, OSHA violation could just be what we call um, the expanded content for Cobalts. Uh, yes, the OSHA violation is oh. our, uh, is our o- OGL compliant. Uh, uh, that's actually the secret of all ninth level products. All of our products are generally about putting children in danger somehow. Um, <laughs> putting cute not, things in danger is what ninth level does. Uh, uh, not not real children, listeners. Per se. Nope, thank you. Yeah, sometimes. Nope, don't let your kids anywhere near us. We push them into traffic. This. <laughs> It is unfortunately our primary hobby. It's unfortunately our primary hobby. <laughs> That's the subtitle underneath, you know, Cobalt Orange Supplement Book Number B, OSHA Violations, subtitle, It's Kind of Our Hobby. All right. Uh, let's see. Next question. Um, ah, here we go. What is the Cobalt's? Ate my baby orange book. We kind of answered that. So why now? Why why now? Why why do yeah. a new edition? Yeah. Um, so uh, partially, it's because we're running out of copies of Cobalt's Ate My Baby in color, so we would have to reprint um, again. <laughs> we have we have reprinted. We've done a couple of reprints. Um, I mean, that sounds like a laugh, like you know, but it's real. It's like, oh well. We either need to print some more in color or do a new edition. And with all of our other games at this point, or most of our other games being uh, powered by Polymorph, it just seemed like the right idea and the right time to make that jump and, uh, uh, you know, change. Uh, There's also a lot to be said. We've learned a lot in 10 years um, about making books and making games. I think we're going to have something that's going to be super tight, and I think the book's going to look great. Um, it also helped that we were able to find some time on uh, John Kavalk's calendar so that he could draw us some more kobolds. Uh, so just every everything sort of aligned, and it was just like, this is the time to do it. And I, I guess the final real impetus, though, was um, Backer Kit came to us, and we were 
one of Backerkit's first customers back in 2013 uh, with their new crowdfunding uh, program. And they were like, we would love to work with you. Um, is there a project that we could we could do together? And we were like, let's do Cobalt. And uh, so uh, that was, you know, that was kind of the final straw that pushed us to be like, let's just do a new book. So. Well, that's that's very cool. I was actually wondering, wondering as I'm as I've gotten questions about it as well of of why Backer Kit instead of that other uh, instead of Kickstarter. Well, you know, we, we're, it's not like, yeah. we're, we're still using Kickstarter um, mm -hmm. right now. In fact, everyone's uh, well, not everyone's favorite Cobalt because uh, friends of the Storm Swarmcast uh, are, are you know very fond of of uh, Yeet's cousin Toast. Um, the uh uh Yeet, uh does a show about zine quest and uh we love zine quest and that's on kickstarter and we love the people at, at, at kickstarter um the the real difference between the platforms at this point is about what um what the platforms bring to the marketing of a project right like so kickstarter is giving you a an ability to like find people organically have them stumble into your project um which is why things like zine quest are really cool um and backer kit is really more focused on um like more traditional target marketing um and so uh, you know for those of you that have been seeing the ads um our our kobold's meme ad campaign like that's all being driven by backer kit Right, so, so that's really what Backer Kit, you know, brings to it in a in in a, in a way that, um, you know, what we're getting. Okay, I I kind of like some of the interface on Backer Kit a lot more than I do on Kickstarter, uh, especially especially the way it shows the achievements and such, or or just I like the way that looks. Uh, yeah, I'm really liking the platform. I'm liking the platform a lot. I think it's uh, um, it's very easy to use as a designer um, and as a creator um, and simplify some other things. We have had some problems. People have had, you know, some problems with, you know, how the, um, the levels and the connections, but the community features are really nice and you can do polls and... Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's all integrated in the back and, and, you know, so hopefully it will continue to, uh, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll continue to be easy to use. And, um, you know, we're having a real good time. Okay. Uh, working with backer kit. Cool. All right. Let's see. Next question. It looks like this one's for, for bug. Um, let's see. Um, when the Quintessons rebuilt you and Optimus Prime called you Goldbug, how'd you feel? That's not even the right bug toast. Okay, well. You can answer that if you want to. We've been having a debate about Goldbug, Goldfire, all that Throttlebot stuff. Um, <laughs> I mean, my, my favorite, I'm going to be honest, with my age, my favorite Autobot was always like Rodimus Prime because that was my earliest memory of Autobots. That's um, gross. You're old. I mean, just what a what a what a crappy what a crappy transformer to love. <laughs> um, 
you, believe it or not, don't always have the best taste in things. Uh, uh, my favorite Transformer is Soundwave, and that is pretty uh, undeniably the correct answer to who is the coolest, you know, who is the coolest Transformer. Um, I recently rewatched uh, the first <laughs> few seasons, and um, listening to Starscream every episode be like, I'm the leader now, is just absolutely <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Star Starscream is a uh, a completely acceptable answer, I think. Um, okay. My second favorite uh, is, of course, the uh, Dinobots, like all the way, like because who doesn't love Grimlock? I do love Grimlock. Grimlock right, is that's fair. Grimlock is is another objectively correct choice. <laughs> he both turns into a Tyrannosaurus Rex, which is dope, uh, and he's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that's it, what it really comes down to is if you're a transformer and you turn into a car, that's passe. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be at least that Mack truck. Uh, yeah, at least a Mack truck. Okay. Ha. Huh, okay. And car. It's got to be a uh, Mack truck and up. Or, you have or 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 you know, a cassette player. A cassette okay. player yep, is yep. the best. I also liked, uh, what was his name? The purple guy with one eye that turned into a gun. Oh, uh, Shockwave. Shockwave. Not Soundwave, Shockwave. Shockwave was great, too. Shock, yeah. Welcome to the Transformers cast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, um, Yeah, I could talk about Transformers for hours. But hey, we're here to talk about... Uh, Transformers the Orange Book. I mean the uh, <laughs> Cobalt's Cobalt's transformed my my robot. The Orange Book. The uh, Cobalt's Cobalt's ate my transforming robot. That's uh, uh, supplement uh, number F. <laughs> F for Transformers. <clears throat> Next Look question. All right, next question. Awesome. Let's see. Uh, what's it like hanging with the... No, wait, we already asked that question. Um, so, for the orange book, ah, an actual legit question. What sort of what sort of things can new people expect coming into this? Um, like, ba- are... like babies or people that are like new to being people? New new people. People I'll that say weren't yes. people before. Um, Somebody who's uh, like, like, boy, I sure am tired of these other fifth edition games. I wonder what this one's like. Or not, man, like people that have people. just discovered object permanence. Right, not people uh, who are like, like, I just found out that when someone covers their eyes, they don't disappear. Not someone who might be a bug, and not a person. Not a Franz Kafka. Uh, situation not a uh, I don't what is the name of the poet who believed was the butterfly yes that guy that one Um, I don't know (laughs) Um, insert name here Uh, his name was Changzu Changzu oh yes the philosopher who slept and dreamed that he was a butterfly and then 
asked the question, or was he a butterfly dreaming he was a man who would technically be a new person? For um, people that are new to Cobalt and Learning, <laughs> uh, you know, so what, what the, the, the Orange Book is going to be a complete game. It's everything that you need to play. Um, Cobalt Ate My Baby, which inverts and flips the uh, the model, the traditional model of role-playing games about powerful wizards and uh, uh, mighty warriors going down into the dungeon to slay uh, monsters and take all their stuff and keep uh, the world safe. Instead, we play puny little monsters who uh, leave the caves and go to the nearby human town to bring back food for their king. All hail, King Torg. All hail, King Torg. All hail, King Torg. And uh, hilarity ensues. Um, uh, the game has we've we've streamlined and simplified almost all of the systems so that um, we literally just uh, actually the three of us just uh, the two of us the two of you and ye just recently played Cobalt's Ate My Baby. Uh, you know, character creation is like I don't know, it takes like a minute. <laughs> it's, uh, That's true. It's really fast. Um, we made five kobolds in the span of about, I think, eight minutes, and that involved one of them dying while we were making the kobolds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so we have that uh, again. Uh, so, you know, new art. Um, uh, and uh, what else would be new? What else is new, Bug? Um, the in the game what else is new in the game um well you haven't given me that many documents to or any documents to look at <laughs> um, um, uh, we also so, have some new products coming uh okay. we have a plush it's very exciting oh. uh everyone's excited about the plush everyone's excited about the plush based on the orders everyone's excited about the plush Yes, they're uh, I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Book, whatever. Give me that plush. Yeah, that I mean, plush. I've honestly, I bought a plush. I bought a, I bought a handmade plush from a guy who was like, "Do you want to buy my game?" And I was like, "No, I really just want your plush." I've done. I just want your plush. Um, it for for people who've played other versions of Kobolds versus this. Uh, anytime they look at the new newer games that are all in the polymorph system, um, one thing I tell them, I'm like, polymorph is just essentially kobolds 2.0 right this is an evolution of our of the original kobold system it is infinitely easier but also slightly more complicated sometimes but (laughs) but it depends on which game you're looking at right like it's more more complex but less complicated yeah like mazes is more mazes is more complicated but it's you know the classic dungeon crawl, lots of lots of stuff to it, but like excellence is super easy. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it really is the the evolution of it. It is what it has become. Um, so moving from that old system to the new system will make perfect sense. Like it, it's so super simple. Um, uh, yeah, and some new products that are coming out that are part of the campaign. So we have dice, um, but we have uh, a coloring book, and we have a, a standalone uh, game, which is, which is uh, Kobolds against versus Morkborg um, for the old school role players out there that are into the the hip cool Morkborg. It's called Smorkast Borg. Um, 
uh, so we have that. Uh, we have a digital compilation of adventures. Um, so that's another big thing that a lot of people are looking for. Um, uh, you know, people that want to play kobolds, but, uh, you know, want us to provide half the funny. Um, uh, you know, uh, so, so we're going to do that. Also, just a lot more um, focus on how to run the game instead of just what to do in the game because the game's actually very simple. It's very simple to play. Um, so we're spending more time focused so that people can um, learn how to make decisions about the game so that they can uh, they can run it better themselves, right? Make it easier okay. for them. The game. And, and for the system, for the way the new system is, and just in general for everything that makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. Um, it, I will admit the new version definitely is more closer to the way I tend to just run kobolds, which is kind of like, well, let me react to everything that you, you five to six idiots at this table just said. And I mean, you know, idiots in the good way, in the best possible way. Um, idiots in the way that I love you, you idiot. I love you, you idiot. Um, with, uh, the way the way I run the game is always um, with the bare minimum information I can give the players. Like I don't explain like anything. Um, I'm uh-huh. just like you. You tell me what you think these things mean or what you want to do. I always tell right. people you can try to do anything. Um, and the new system really is more about that. So it yeah. is far less information, far less like like boxes. I mean, it's all boxes, but. Uh, <laughs> It's all <laughs> it's, uh, the character sheet is all boxes, but it is far less like specific. But now there are four needs. boxes. There are four instead, instead of like twenty. Um, yeah, instead of like like 18, 18 main boxes and then like fifty optional boxes, depending on how you want to look at that. It it so it's it's less restrictive, right? Uh, off yeah. the bat, so that gives people the ability to just flail wildly and fail on their own rather than hopefully feeling like stuck in a, a set set of actions as much as they gotcha. they often do at the beginning of games essentially so yeah because yeah. i because i know well i was gonna say i know i know usually um when i'm running the game and i go well what do you want to do and they'll they'll come up with some weird thing and i have to go cool which of the skills that you have do we think that might work with and now i could just go oh cool we'll roll against roll against this one of these whatever it is four or five Great. argue with me if if you have if you have something that's going to make this work right well i have this fishing pole oh well that makes sense well that makes sense uh yeah the the, the thing that i keep explaining to people and using it as my example for how the game is different is so it's like, okay, well, you have a job, and your job is cowboy. And you're like, ah, I'm going to ride that skateboard, right? And it's like, well, you're a cowboy. You ride stuff, so that makes sense. You get advantage on that role. Get right? a ram Which... stuff with my horns. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I want to burn a letter into that building. Oh, you're a cowboy, so that makes sense. Yeah. You should get yeah. advantage on that. Um, and then if, But then if you're like, hey, I want to... Um, take out a loan uh, on a new property. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, well, as a cowboy, you are historically bad at that. Um, you also <laughs> can't get back with your wife, so you'd be rolling for disadvantage. 
historically bad at that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kids, go look that up. Cowboys, uh, historically bad at taking out bank loans. Uh, yes, marriage. and and be marriage. married. <laughs> be married, not going to jail. They're good at getting married. Uh, keeping their trucks in working order. <laughs> Very good at getting married. Very getting bad married. at staying married. Right. Yeah. right. Wow. Uh, good at bad. Good at having dogs. Bad at keeping dogs. Hmm. <laughs> Historically, I. I am not a cowboy. I am not. I, I lost. Um, the uh, yeah, yeah, marked marked safe from being a cowboy. Uh, so I don't remember what question we were answering. Uh, I don't know. So let's see. Uh, it was what can people expect from this book? And I think. Mm. That, that pretty much that sums it up pretty nicely. Uh, I, I mean, I've been saying uh, the other <laughs> thing that you can expect from this book is the same dumb jokes and uh, all new rules. <laughs> <laughs> all new rules, same dumb jokes. So, so uh, someone shows up um, to your table, expecting to play old school kobolds, whatever whatever that means, and you you've got this bright shiny new orange book that almost blinds him because of how orange it is um what what new or what new thing should they expect from you or what sort of old thing should they expect from you give them a death check yeah for kissing up for buying a new book oh <laughs> um, look i got the new book and everything i've read through all the rules i'm i'm Waiting hey, to play. If someone comes and they're like, "Hey, I got the new book. I read all the rules. I'm ready to go." It's way easier than it used to be because when someone used to say that, I'd be like, "Well, it's good that like, one of them." Uh... <laughs> I should uh, just go. There's a book. There's rules. There's rules. Uh, one of the things that's super weird is is Cobalt originally started as a joke about role playing games that became a role playing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we didn't think it was like Scientology. <laughs> there you go. Cobalt's much like Scientology, shares its roots with one man, L. Ron Hubbard. The uh, in, in both cases, you hold on to metal poles um, <laughs> and answer questions, uh, ridiculous questions, to determine how insane you actually are. And give us all your money. And please. Buy this copy of Battlefield Earth again. Uh, and now it's Battlefield Earth 2nd Edition, Battlefield Earth Super Deluxe Edition, Battlefield Earth <laughs> Fuller, and now Battlefield Earth The Orange Book. Um, wow. Yeah, over time, Cobalt became more and more of a playable game and less and less of a direct joke about role-playing games. And now it's a meta joke about role-playing games that happens to be in it an extremely playable game. <laughs> <laughs> so it's madness. Speaking of madness, it seems like a, unlike that, that thing that broke down on the sidewalk, this seems like the perfect segue. Um, to that a segue joke. <laughs> yes, it was a segue joke. We'll, we'll, we'll say it was a air quote joke. Um, anyway, speaking of madness, 
something's coming up again in Origins in uh, what June? I want to say. Oh, that's so. Far. I thought this was an ad so pivot. <laughs> yeah, so did I. I thought that was going to be like get your yeah get your get get your get, get your, your noise order with yeah. new. If you like cereal but hate all those carbs, you'll like Magic Orange Spoon. <laughs> the uh, the Cobalt Midnight Massacre will, of course, return at Origins this year. Um, we are looking to potentially do one at Gen Con as well. We'll find out about that. Uh, we'll definitely be at Origins. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the... any 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 hints about what it might be be about this time? Uh, it is called. Uh, it, it's about horror movies. About horror movies. I mean, I know what cool. it's going to be. It was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> what I, I, I mean, I know it too. What, like, a nightmare I, on Orange Street. I believe yeah, nightmare on Orange Street. Yep. It's going to be spooky. It's going it to definitely be, be spooky. I don't spoopy. know if it will be spooky at all, but it'll definitely be spooky. The reviews are of horrible and gruesome, um, like slasher flick related deaths. It's if I can buy yeah, enough white <laughs> tablecloths, I would love to actually kill people and then <laughs> oh my god, over them, oh my and turn gosh. them into ghosts. <laughs> A uh, thrift store, just cheap I, I mean, thrift store. We I, it's probably cheaper mm-hmm. to get like industrial and in, industrial white sheets. I mean, I made the orange brick road with thrift store sheets. They were like a dollar or two a piece. Yeah. So, oh. um, it's all about wow. the goats. It's all, it's about, all about the goats. All about the goats. It's gonna be spoopy. Spoopy. Uh. Uh, and uh, for those people that have played in Cobalt Midnight Massacres in the past, um, all of those things will eventually be uh, produced as part of our Electronic Adventure series. So, from Cobalt in Space and uh, Star Trek and their, uh, uh, Episode 9 and Torgapalooza and Orange is the New Orange <laughs> uh, and many, many, many other... Uh, the Horrible, horrifying things. Those are all part of the the crowdfunding going on right now on Backer Kit. So yeah. get in on that. Give us yeah, buy our book and much buy our stuff for uh, for for you organized play listeners who are are listening. Um, these have to be run with a minimum of of ten tables, um, or or <laughs> you will ten. not get. If you do not, then you will not qualify for the super secret boon that you can apply to. Uh, the next kobolds that you make, <laughs> but for uh, the you, moon is yeah, <laughs> you get to make another kobold. You get to make I can't. So, so because I used to used to, um, I'm gonna say it used to have to do a lot of uh, uh, organized play stuff. I always yeah. felt like I always feel like I should be able to make my own boon. I feel like we should be able to give one of those boons out to somebody at the midnight massacre just for the look of sheer confusion on the GM's face when they sit down to one of those organized play uh, <laughs> games and go, well, I've got this boon here. It says I can play um, a first edition D and D cobalt. Much easier uh, could actually work in the new rules 
Um, I don't know if a 5e cobalt does, but a 1st e cobalt does. It's going right. to be purple, and it's going to be one pixel. That's, that's right. It's going to be... <laughs> It's gonna have a. It's gonna be a dragon with a uh, candle on its head, and uh, (laughs) there's gonna be a lot of them. So, (laughs) next question. All right, right, next question. So, um, uh, real quick, we're gonna. So we've been been yammering on for a little bit over half an hour now. So. I figured we'll um, I'll give you the the last final questions before we move into our exciting uh, brand new segment that as guests you guys can participate in for the very first one. Nice. So, nice. So, um, so, so to to kind of start the the wrap up part of this. So we've been talking about Cobalt's Ain't My Baby, the Orange Book. Um, so hey, who is responsible for this mess? Then that's what's written on my notes here. Uh. Uh, so, uh, myself, Chris O'Neill, uh, and you two, uh, Bug and John the Cobalt Dude, uh, are, are, are working on the project. We have John Cobalt doing art. Uh, we have the team at Knife Level that are doing all of the backup. So, Heather, uh, Heather O'Neill, who is our CEO, will be doing uh, the production, and um, Adriel Wilson and uh, Nat Mesner will be doing the uh editing and control you can find all this on backer kit look for cobalt's ate my baby orange edition you can also go to ninth level games website uh check that out t-h-l-e-v-e-l.com um you can find us on all the socials at ninth level games um you can find us on tiktok and instagram and facebook and the twitters and when does this particular backer kit end, Chris? Um, so the project will end on February the 23rd at 11 a.m. Pacific. All right. So as Yeet would say, go out there and back this, nerds. <laughs> hey, nerds! Go out there and do it! Buy my stuff. <laughs> Buy my stuff. The Swarmcast Podcast True Crimes Podcast is brought to you by Don's Platinum Fish Soap. That sounds... Wait, huh? What's going on? Am I in an ad read? Only Don's Platinum Fish Soap has the strength and gumption to get you moving. This is too weird, even for me, and I'm from Oklahoma. Nobody likes soapy fish. Well, that's true. So get Don's Platinum Fish Soap today. Go to your favorite website and use offer code SPOOKYWEEN for 20% or better yet, 10%. Somebody call my agent. I have no idea what's going on. So, hey, Toast. Hey, John. What's it doing? So, uh, do you know what happens when you do a browser search for the Swarmcast podcast? Uh, let me check. Well, you get the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes podcast. Huh? Well, huh. Yeah. And you know what happens when you send a bunch of polite emails and notes and attempt to oh. go on to their show to just chat and just talk about how, you know, Hey, guess, you know, we've been around a little bit longer and we have the same name. So, you know, maybe take no. that in consideration and, and they just totally uh, brush you off and ignore you. Um, what? What you happens? know what happens then, Toast? Uh, I'm afraid to ask. What happens then, John? Something like this. The Swarmcast Podcast presents the Hawkeyes Playoffs. 
Oh, and each boy. episode, we'll ask our guests to vote on their favorite Hawkeye and why, and we'll tally those end results at the end of the year. Well, that sounds confusing and like something that I would have come up with personally, but uh, so who exactly are they voting on and what's going on with this? Well, let's see. There's um, currently there's original Clint Barton Hawkeye from Marvel Comics. Uh-huh. Uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye from Marvel Comics. Okay. Hawkeye Pierce from MASH. Yeah, okay. Um, this was a bit of a Dark Horse candidate, Riza Hawkeye from Full Metal Alchemist. Ah, huh. And Hawkeye from the James Fenimore Cooper's Pentology, Pentology. Leatherstocking Tales. Oh, like Last of Mohicans and all that stuff. Okay, I got it. Uh, for the sake of this year's playoffs, we will only be considering these five, and no MCU or Daniel Day-Lewis depictions. You know, that guy made me want to buy a Nordic track just from watching that. Okay, and we're back. And boy, was that some interesting ad reads, possibly. I'm not even sure what they were for, but you guys should go out there and buy as many or as few of those as possible. I'm not really sure what it was. Something uh, Toast found somewhere. Anyways, so hey, you're listening. It's time for the first uh, part of our, our Hawkeyes Playoffs, the Swarmcast podcast, Hawkeyes Playoffs. Yeah, in which case, as you heard before, we have a couple different Hawkeyes that are going to be going up against each other. And our two guests on this show, in this case, Chris and Bug, are going to to try to help us figure out which of these two Hawkeyes are, would win in whatever this sort of playoff in is. Playoffs. And it's the Hawkeyes playoffs. So how are you guys doing? You feel, uh, you feel limbered up and ready to go for this? I'm excited. I want to know who we're talking about. Yeah. Which, which, which Hawkeyes? And of course, if you need any uh, extra information, I will either give you some or make up which, some information. Which Haw- is, is it Hawkeyes or Hawk's Eye? It's, it's Hawkeyes. Hawk's Eyes? The or jar Haw- of eyeballs. Hawk's well, Eyes. I think that might be next year will be the Hawk's Eyes. Hawk's Eyes. Okay. Yeah, so now it's, it's which, Hawkeyes. Which Hawk guys are we talking about? That is my favorite right. minor league baseball team is the Hawk's Eyes. Is the Hawk's Eyes. Just... <laughs> Sounds like it's also a redneck pastime as Hawk's eyes. So anyways, so first up we have uh Hawkeye versus Hawkeye. Oh wait, there's more. It's a uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye from Marvel Comics. Again, one stress to the view to the listeners, it's not MCU. Although MCU Hawkeye Kate Bishop is has has a lot of merit. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. Uh, going up against who do we have here? Doctor Hawkeye Pierce, MD, from the show Mash. Well, I mean, I hate to disappoint anybody out there in uh, Hawkeye Land, but Hawkeye Pierce, MD, is like my—it's everything I've ever wanted to be as a person. Like living <laughs> in the swamp, wearing a bathrobe drinking martinis out of my still uh complaining about the universe and yet being the actual nice person that's really trying to get stuff done that's i mean hawkeye hawkeye pierce md i i expected you to answer the comic book character because it's you but describing <laughs> hawkeye pierce in that manner absolutely makes sense for I'm, you <laughs> i'm really not surprised by it either um, I, grew up, because... I grew up idolizing Hawkeye Pierce. In fact, do you remember the? Have you both seen the original TV or not the original? The TV the movie? Version, 
Yeah, the TV version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Yes. Okay. In the TV version, he's dressed as Hawkeye Pierce. Okay. Okay. He's literally wearing the Hawkeye Pierce red house robe. Oh, yeah. uh, With a pair of flannel pants. Uh, and that is literally what I wore all through college. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, but I mean, no, everything. Uh, Alan Alda uh, knocked it out of the park. Uh, uh, it still holds up. Like, uh, and, and I mean, no offense. Uh, you know, I don't know who you're. Hawkeye, okay. the comic book archer. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Though, uh, you know, uh, everything about her, but 100% for me, slam dunk. Okay. Uh, Hawkeye Pierce, MD. All right. What about uh, you, Bug? Uh, I, I I have to agree. Um, I also, you know, raised on reruns of MASH. That it was, it was originally on the air long before I was born, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it... Uh, that checks out. Uh, the, the last episode was in eighty uh, three. Yeah, yeah, that was before I was born. Um, and um, Pierce is fantastic. Um, one, I just want to be a drunkard um, alone correct. somewhere. But I, I always identify with those characters <laughs> the most. But the that attitude of do not under any circumstances ever tell me what to do mm-hmm. is is pretty much me to a T. Um and anybody who spends five minutes with me can tell you that. Like I don't I don't do what I'm told. Um sometimes with the best of intentions, but in general just don't don't tell me how it's going to be because you're probably wrong. <laughs> so. yeah. Okay. So then it sounds like it's uh between the two of you it's it's unanimous that Hawkeye Pierce MD um, is going to beat out uh, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, um, in a big way. Uh, experience and attitude, beating out uh, youth and skills with a bow and arrow. This has been the Hawkeye's Playoffs, brought to you by the Swarmcast Podcast. Let us know which Hawkeye you think should win. In fact, you should let every Swarmcast podcast that has the word Hawkeye related to it know which Hawkeye you think should win in the playoffs. That's the end of the Swarmcast Pack this episode, you know. You should like and subscribe to us wherever we do go. Cause it's gonna be the future soon, and I won't always be this way. When the things that make me weak and strange get engineered away. It's gonna be the future soon, I've never seen it quite so clear. And when my That's right, it's the end of this Firmcast episode. Hooray, we made it. Hey, go and like and subscribe to us on uh, Podbean, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, wherever you want to find us. We're actually on Amazon Podcasts, or if you have an Amazon Music, check us out there. And we're going to be showing up on Spotify. Don't get us confused with those Iowa Hawkeyes guys. In fact, if you find them, you should email them and say, Hey, what? Are you done yet? 
I'm almost... Alright, I'm wrapping this up. Talk to you guys later! <laughs>
It's still mine. Yeah, says it's still it's, recording. Yeah, yours and mine seem to be still running. There he's gone. Ah, oh, gone there forever. He <laughs> uh, well, now this is um the Chris and Bug the, podcast. This is a Bug podcast. All right, everybody. <laughs> My entire life is always some Chris and but and me. So we have uh, we've 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 kicked John off his own podcast. And we've taken over. That's right. And uh, we're going to go back to talking about throttle bots. Yeah. I never uh, heard of throttle bots. Yeah, I was trying to look that up because um, that's why I was like, I got to go with one I can talk about and not. I'm just going to distract from the question because I couldn't answer that question. The apparently the throttle bots are a team of six, sometimes seven. Autobots who share a common transformation scheme, but they're all little ones. They got Chase, who is eager and superficially friendly, and a Ferrari red Testarossa. Freeway, the thin-skinned comedian. He's a Chevy Corvette C4. Goldbug is the rebuilt Bumblebee. Okay. Now I understand. I guess Bumblebee... Bumblebee died or something. Rollbar. He's a hard drive and a macho tracker. He's a green Jeep CJ7. Searchlight. A white Ford RS200. I don't even know what the hell that is. RS200. Wide load. He's a dump truck. And Throttlebot. He's a helicopter. Those are from 87 and 91. Which I had to go look at. I was, I was trying to look up the year on those because I was like, I don't. Because I just rewatched a chunk of it, but I rewatched the first bit up until like the movie because uh, my spouse had not watched any of any of it ever, um, and I was like, what, um, what is this life you are living, sir? <laughs> um, I love this. So in Japanese. Um, they are called throttlebots or throt robots. In English, I'm assuming this is for in England. It's the stallion forces. In Italian, they're, they're called the racer bots, the motorizzati roller bots, and in Russia, they're called throttlebots, the alternators grimlock. Dope. We did start watching the season after the movie, um, but did not get that far. I mean, that's where uh, you get your, your Rodimus Prime. Well, he comes from the movie. Yeah. And then, yeah. There's a great, and we talked about this before, there's a great moment in one of the first couple episodes after the movie, that first season, where they are talking the all of the bots that were transformed by um, Omicron. Um, not Omicron. Um, Omicron. Yeah, and uh, they're like, I miss Megatron, and one of them goes, his name is Galvatron. His name is Galvatron! And I was like, that's amazing. Like, don't dead name Galvatron. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The mini vehicles. The mini Autobots. Autobot mini cars. Cliff Jumper. It's great. It's great. It's great stuff. 